Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. Assuming, of course, that Twitter is still up and running at the time that you're listening to this, which feels a bit sus. This week's episode is for Nancy Drew number 47, The Mysterious Mannequin from 1970. The reason that I was a little bit weird about it last week is because it depicts Nancy on the cover and she's wearing this like kind of pale-ish blue, like long-sleeved, got some weird buttons happening. It's it's not a very well-depicted dress, like some judgment. Um, but she's looking kind of back over her shoulder at uh, supposedly the mysterious mannequin in question. The mannequin or figure is wearing a pink shirt with a blue skirt and has a prayer rug on its lap. And it's pointing at the center depiction in the prayer rug, which seems to be some sort of like maybe a floral design. And the figure is also veiled. So all you can see of the figure is eyes and the very top of the nose and a like jewel in the middle of the forehead. So as you would guess I was a bit apprehensive about this one. I'm I'm sure that I read it, but I have no recollection of it because it's just, mm, I don't know. It's just not one of the more memorable ones. No judgment, I guess. I guess a little judgment, maybe. Anyway, so a long, long time ago, six years ago, Nancy, little baby 12-year-old Nancy was walking downtown with her dad shopping when she looked in the window of a store that sold Turkish rugs. And there was a mannequin in the window. And Nancy was like, that mannequin is awesome. And the mannequin winked at her. And Nancy was like, hmm. So she kept staring at the mannequin, but the mannequin never winked again. And she was like, I must have just, I don't know though. I don't know. So she always thought the mannequin was really cool. And this was, um, and I think, I'm not quite sure exactly how long it's been. I think it has been about six years since the shop closed. Um, the person who owned the store was named, F- shit, shit, Farouk? Yes, it was Farouk. Because um, I was like, because his last name, I literally had never seen this last name before. So I looked it up and apparently it's like one of the royal names in that area. I was like, oh, okay. So it's kind of like you're saying that they're Rockefeller or like a... Kennedy or something. But anyway, um, but a lot more history than that. A Vanderbilt. Um, so yeah, so he had the Turkish rug store and then about six years ago, he contacted Nancy's dad, asked him for help on something and then vanished. And he was accused of importing or stealing, or he was accused of some sort of crime in relationship to the Turkish rugs he was selling. And so he contacted Carson for legal advice and Carson was like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to represent you. You're a good guy. You didn't do this. Um, but he left before the case was, he like fled. And the case was determined to be like a mistaken identity case where it wasn't him who was involved at all. And so like the charges were dropped, but he had left money with Carson for his defense and it was too much actually. Carson wanted to give him a refund, but he couldn't reach him. So that was six years ago-ish. Nancy goes by her father's office to ask him something or, I don't know, ask for his gold card or maybe be like, Ned and I are planning to elope later, but you're welcome to hop in the back. Um, but he's not there and there's a box and his secretary, Miss Hanson, this is going to be important for reasons because like there's a bitch who's flirting with Carson and we ain't here for it. She's not that though. I was like, is this that one? It is not. 
Um, anyway, there's a box. It's a small box. The dimensions don't seem to match what I think that thing should be, but it's fine. Um, they open the box and it's a Turkish prayer rug, which Nancy's like, oh, a Turkish prayer rug. And I was like, I, I think it's adorable that she can recognize that, but sure, it's fine. But there's no note and there's no return address. And she can tell from the postmarks that it came from Turkey, but she doesn't like there's nothing else on it. And so they're like, hmm. It's cute, though. Like, it's it looks really nice. <laughs> they show it to Carson, and Carson's like, yeah, I don't know who would have sent me this. It does make him think of the the client that I just told you about, Farouk. So Nancy's like, okay, um, maybe there's a clue hidden in the rug, because this is exactly how Nancy's mind works. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to find some patterns, and I'm going to need to find them immediately. So she does actually find it looks like a figure of a father and a son. I was like, how do you know that? Um, and she's like, okay, so we've got that. And then there's a little picture of a car and she was like, Carson, it's, it's addressed to you. And Carson's like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this. Apparently, um, there is so much woven into this intricate pattern that they have to figure it out over the course of several days. And I was like, I do like that better than like, we found a scrap of paper and it had some numbers and yeah. Anyway, so they take it home to check it out. Um, all the boys are visiting. Ned is actually home for the summer selling life insurance. I think it's life insurance. I think it's life insurance. It's insurance. He's he's selling insurance. He says that normally I would be like a counselor to boys camp and this is a lot more work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're doing grown up work now. Um, <laughs> also, he's hot as sin. So of course, some housewives are going to invite him and be like, hell yeah, we're going to buy some. How many policies you got? Also, you, you look parched maybe some lemonade with some vodka anyway so that's the ned's ned's summer has been spent like fending off the advances of board housewives <laughs> although this is 1970 so maybe maybe not anyway um yeah so he comes over and they all go to the airport to pick up Bert and Dave who are flying in on a small aircraft for inexplicable reasons. Like as though they're just being helicoptered in like it's the fire festival or some shit. Um, but the plane is having trouble. Like it's late and they're like, oh yeah, there's somebody up there who's having some shit happen. And they were like, son of a bitch. Like Bess and George are also there. Ned's there. Nancy's there. And Ned's like, I'm sure it's going to be fine, but he looks tense. And you're like, yeah, that's right. Um, a little like... I don't know, some sort of truck thing. It goes out on the runway and like sprays it with foam for fire reasons. And then the plane lands and also sprays foam everywhere for fire reasons. And they have to like get them out of the plane onto a small truck because of course everything is all foamy. Like they're having some sort of weird fantasy bubble bath sequence. But anyway, so they get off the plane and Bess, as soon as the plane lands and she sees Dave get off the plane, like she starts, she bursts into tears because she's so happy. And George is like, you are ruining your makeup. Oh my God. And so Bess is like, okay, I got to get my compact out. And she like powders that shit up so that he will not know that she just lost her mind over that. I was like, okay, when I was eight reading these things, I was like, okay, so Bess is going to marry Dave first. And then, like, Nancy and Ned are probably going to marry second, because I don't think George is ever going to get married to Bert. I mean, he's fine, but they ain't going to get married. It's fine. It's a beard sitch. So, anyway, like, there's definitely, but I would argue that all of the books have, like, yeah, they're definitely going to get married. It's just that we're not going to depict that. Like, we're not going to let her get to that age. Anyway, so they're there. 
to, I don't even know. Like, it's just, we're here to hang out for the summer. Like, where the fuck were they? It, doing secret agent shit. Because, again, I firmly believe that their cover story is just holding the fact that they are secret agents. But it's fine. So, um, Nancy's still trying to figure out the the rug sitch. And I think that they actually go back to her house. And she's like, okay, let's all look at the rug. Which, again, if you are friends with Nancy Drew, you've signed up for a few things. If you're in the files, it's going to be some corpses. And if you're in the mystery stories, you're going to be bent over a Turkish prayer rug trying to find some patterns in it, not getting drunk off your face. So, there's that. It's wholesome. Um, anyway, so they look over it. They find some more clues. Like, it, there are little like little vines with leaves. And so, there will be like a letter on each leaf. Or they will be like a... Uh, like they find a word in French and Nancy's like, this is going to be fucking tricky as hell. And Nancy's like, there could even be like Greek characters on here. And Ned's like, yeah, I wouldn't recognize that. And I was like, you've probably taken math though. So maybe a bit, but also, yeah, it probably would blend in with the design really well. So, um, they eventually get Carson find the mannequin. Like they get to that and Nancy's like the mannequin. Yes. Yes. And you're like, yes, the title of the book. Um, like the next day they're still working on it and Ned comes in while Nancy's working on it. She's like, I see it. It says I love. And Ned's like me. Yes. And Nancy blushes. And I was like, it's because she does love him anyway. But anyway, he's teasing her. He's come over to take her for a picnic. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that happens in this book. Um, anyway, so Hannah is, Ned gets on the floor to see if he can help her with it. And you're like, of course he does. And they end up tangled up in the rug together, partially clothed. Um, But they hear a scream from the kitchen and Hannah has cut herself. And I was like, did she see a villain? But no, she did not see a villain. She just cut herself. Like, this is what happens when you need to sharpen those knives. So y'all, y'all get to sharpening. Anyway, so Nancy like does first aid and Ned finishes packing their picnic. And I was like, maybe care about Hannah more than cleaning the blood off the roast beef and continuing to carve it. Okay. It's fine. Anyway, so Hannah's like, I'm fine. Go on your picnic. And I was like, y'all, y'all, I don't know about this, but anyway. Oh, also, whenever Ned, like, randomly strolls into her house, Hannah's like, how the fuck did you get in? And Ned's like, Togo let me in. (laughs) I was like, for fuck's sake, y'all, why does Ned not have a spare key to your house? Oh, my God, y'all have been dating for, like, 40 years. (laughs) Let him have a key. Oh, my God. I'm not saying that he has to leave socks and underwear. I'm just saying let him have a fucking key. Anyway, he's like, yeah, Togo can open the screen door. And they're like, none of us knew that. And I was like, I'm also calling bullshit on that. And also, they've had Togo since, what, 1935? He's got to figure shit out. Anyway. Yeah, to- <laughs> it's funny because in this book, like, Togo does both ba- good and bad things. Like, he will alert them if somebody's, like, standing outside their house looking shifty. But he will also, like, just knock clues out of Nancy's hand. And she's like... Sometimes you are a very good dog, and sometimes you are not so good, Togo. And you're like, yes, as the plot requires, it's fine. So, um, they go on their picnic lunch. Ned has borrowed a boat from one of his friends, and it's a fancy boat. And Nancy's like, I'm enjoying this fancy boat. And Ned's like, me as well. I like it. I like this life. The wind blowing back our hair, we're going to a secluded picnic spot. I'm loving every part of this. Also, some random kids almost run into their boat. and They're like 12. And Ned's like, watch where you're going. And they're like, you want a drag race? And he's like, no, fuckers. And they're like, chicken. 
I was like, again, the youths of the 70s. Oh, Lord. Anyway. So they go to their secluded picnic spot, have a spot of sex. And then Nancy's like, yeah, I'm, we need to find the mannequin. And it's like, I don't remember ever seeing the mannequin. Do you, can you describe it? So she takes out a piece of paper and, like, sketches the mannequin, like, in a lifelike way. Because, of course, Nancy is the master at all that she surveys. So Ned's like, that's really good. Do you know what she would look like without the veil on? Because that might be the important thing. And Nancy's like, well, I can guess. But, again, it's going to be a guess because she was always veiled. So you don't really know. Um, Yeah. The real reason that Ned wanted to take Nancy to the secluded picnic spot, other than having sex with her, is um, to go to a very unusual bookstore. Which, again, they know their target audience because, oh, my God. So they walk in, and Ned's like, he says he has everything, and I need a couple books for my fall classes, so I'm, I'll meet you back at the front. And so, of course, he's got a section on Turkey and uh, about Turkish rugs and things. and Yeah, and Nancy also recognizes that, like, she finds a book about, like, I guess, historical events involving people that were notable in Turkey, and she notes that, like, the, that Farouk's last name is, like... A similar one, and she's like, he could have relatives back there. Like, it could be that that's, that's it. Because Carson has tried to trace him and has had no luck. He doesn't know where he went. He has no forwarding address, nothing. He doesn't even know where he went after he left River Heights. So there's that. River Heights, the hotbed of criminal activity in the upper Midwest. Um, the other thing is that, like, they found out that he sold off all his stock. Like, a a dealer in New York paid cash for it, um, so they can't. They don't have that. They have no idea where the mannequin went. It's not the shop has been rented out again to somebody else. So like Nancy's like, I've got no fucking leads. Like if he had relatives around here, if he buried it somewhere, like it just doesn't make any sense. Like it, it just doesn't fucking make any sense. So they make it home without any incident. And after they make it home, like Nancy's. Like, she's still thinking about everything. When she, it's, like, late at night. Her dad's gone to bed. Hannah's gone to bed. She's just sitting there thinking about it. She's very quiet. I think Togo's with her, but he's asleep. And she hears something at the back of the house. When she goes to check it out, there's nothing there. And she's like, okay. So she goes to sit back down, and she's really quiet. And the person, a person comes into her house through the locked back door um, and, like, sneaks toward the rug and grabs it. And it's like, son of a bitch! and like starts yelling for people and like togo is barking and nancy's trying to jerk the rug out of his hands and like i was like again why did you let him grab it also like why wouldn't you have put a decoy rug or anyway it's fine um so she eventually with togo's help because togo like yanks at his arm as well um gets it out of his hands and so she's got it back and she's like yeah but of course this means that somebody broke in through their back door and when they call the cops uh okay the cops are called, like, an infinite number of times, so much so that they comment to each other that this is, like, the third time we've called the cops today. Like, why don't we just have one of them live here? But anyway, um, so they call the cops, and the cops are like, you have very unusual locks on your doors. So that should have been a burglar deterrent, and hmm, so, hmm. So they talk amongst themselves, and Carson is like, well, we've done all we can. We have burglar-resistant locks. I I refuse to live in fear. And I was like, sure, okay. I mean, you have to live your life, of course. Um, I don't know. A secret identity is what I've always wanted to happen for you, but sure, it's fine. Um, Anyway, 
So Nancy decides to track down who would have broken into their house. And so she goes to see several locksmiths and all of them are like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start with that. But then she goes to a, another town and they have a locksmith who is like, I can open any lock. And Nancy's like, let's see about that, bitch. So she walks into the shop and the person looks nothing like the person who tried to steal the rug from her house. Um, the person who tried to steal the rug had dark hair, full beard, mustache, blue eyes, and not beady, blue um, and so she's like, yeah, it's like a tall blonde guy who's running the shop. And Nancy's like, hey, so you can open any lock, huh? And he's like, yeah. And Nancy's like, yeah, so somebody broke into our house. And I was wondering if you had a key that would open like the kind of lock we have. And he was like, he said, well, I could probably figure it out. But this guy walked in a few days ago and he was like, so you can open any lock, huh? And, um, the guy said, I've got this one lock I've never been able to open. And he was able to open it. And Nancy's like, describe him. And it's the guy who tried to break into our house. I guess successfully broke into our house, really. Um, and Nancy's like, yeah, if you don't remember anything else about him, please, please call me. Apparently he just wanted to show off. So he just walked into that shop and he was like, I can open any lock as well and open that lock and then just sauntered out and, Ooh, I think Bess is with her at the time. I think Bess and George are both there. And the guy's like, oh, the other thing that I noticed about him was that he was wearing a gold filigree bracelet with, like, inset turquoise. And he was like, well, I wouldn't wear something like that. And George was like, psh, me either. <laughs> and Bess is like, a man can wear fancy jewelry if he wants to. And I was like, Bess, given some drag rep. You go, girl. You go. But yeah, she was like, hey, if he wants to look pretty, why the fuck would you stop him? And I was like, that's that's legit, though, Bess. Thank you for being an ally. Um, I did love that George is like, I wouldn't wear that either. <laughs> it's so silly. Oh, God. Anyway, so Nancy's like, okay, well, at least we've got something to maybe hopefully identify him with. Well, I don't know. Um, she also decides to go and see the shop, like, just in case there's any place that the mannequin could have been hidden. Maybe the person who bought the shop found the mannequin in there. So she goes by, and it's an, a tailor named Anthony who speaks pretty much only Italian. <laughs> and, like, when Nancy comes in, she asks about the previous owner of the shop, and he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I rented it. I rented it. And, but that's about as much as he can tell her because he just doesn't understand a lot of English. But there's this random dude sitting in the corner, like this wise and old man, and he's and Nancy's like, "Have you, you know, do you know anything about the mannequin?" And the guy in the corner just like slaps his knee and starts laughing his ass off. And he's like, "The mannequin, ah, oh, you're looking for the mannequin." And Nancy's like, "Are you, are you okay? Day drinking?" Um, <laughs> but she just basically ignores him. She's like, "He's just, he's probably like a harmless, senile guy, and I'm just gonna let it alone." Um, but yeah, she doesn't find anything in the shop that's going to help her. She does ask who he rents it from. And once she finally is able to get him to understand that, um, Anthony's like, oh yeah, the Curtis group. And Nancy's like, okay, I'll go talk to them. Maybe they have a fording address, maybe something. So yeah. Um, they keep deciphering the rug and it's Carson, find the mannequin, bring her to me. I love her. And I think that there's there's a little bit more, but that's basically what they were able to come up with after they've looked through the entire thing. Um, the other thing is that Nancy comes home. I think that Hannah's out at that point because, you know, Hannah needs to grocery shop occasionally. Nancy comes in at one point. She's like, well, Hannah's hand is fucked up because she cut it and she's already written down what I'm supposed to make for dinner. So let me get started on that. And she just starts making dinner. And Hannah comes in and Nancy's like, yeah, I got pretty much everything done. Like, I think even Ned comes in at that point. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, 
So they have a description of the guy who they're pretty sure was trying to steal the rug. And when Nancy comes home later and there's nobody home, she finds the rug downstairs. And when she opens it, when she unrolls it, Ned is like right behind her. Um, a scimitar comes out and like flies at Ned. And I was like, is this, uh, does it have one of the remote control devices from the previous book? But no, it just like, I guess the angle that it unrolled rapidly. I don't know. Anyway, Ned's like, that was a close one. Um, and Togo like manages to jump at it enough to dislodge it from the wall. And so Nancy goes over to pick it up and she's like, son of a bitch. I just swiped out any hand, like fingerprints. So anyway, she's like, Togo. And he's like, I love you, though. And she's like, oh, no. Anyway, um, yeah. So somebody clearly is trying to steal the rug. And, like, again, oh, decoy rug. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Yeah. So she goes by to talk to the rental place. And the guy in there is a smart ass. And Nancy's like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not here to deal with you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> he just, he, he's just, she even refers to him as smart alecky. Like, personally. But he can't tell her anything. Um, I think that he maybe gives her like one little clue. Um, Nancy's like, well, they're they're trying to find the person because they're like, if the guy who's trying to steal the rug, maybe he knows where Farouk is. So they eventually like they're in the area of the shop, and Nancy and Ned have noticed that somebody seems to be following them, and it's a guy who looks like the guy who had been trying to rob her. She didn't seem in really good light. Like, she know, she could give a basic description, but she didn't really see his face that well. But the guy who seems to be chasing them or following them seems to look similar to that. So they, like, hide, they, like, hold back a little bit. Um, they call the cops to get somebody out there for backup. And... They see him, the suspected, um, the suspected burglar, on the corner, and he's talking to this girl with long dark hair. She's really pretty, and he like hands her a letter, and she bursts into tears. And he's talking to her, and like she clearly seems upset. Like he he tries to like move in to comfort her, and she like punches him. She like pushes him away with her fist, and Nancy's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't like any part of this." So they come up on them, and the they split up. He like yells at her to run and whatever. And so they managed to get his wallet, but he's taken his ID out. So it's, it's worthless. They do find the letter inside that apparently is the letter that he showed to her. They don't find her. So, and it says like, Farouk is dead. He died in Turkey. I'm sorry to tell you or something like that. And Nancy was like, this feels like bullshit. This feels bullshit. And she looks at the paper and she's like, this is American paper. Like if somebody was writing from Turkey, I doubt they would be using American paper. And somebody else is like, I mean, there, it's it's circumstantial. And Nancy's like, it is circumstantial, but it's also, it seems convenient. I'm just saying. Like, I want to track her down. Is she, like, related to Farouk in some way? Is, like, this made her upset, so clearly she, you know, had some sort of relationship with him. So, anyway. So, in order to track down who these people are, because they still don't know. And Nancy's still looking for the mannequin. Um, she calls a bunch of different places. She calls museums. Um, they actually visit a museum that's got a Turkish mannequin, but it's not the one they're looking for. Um, they There's, like, Nancy runs into Helen because, like, I think they all play tennis. And Nancy tells her about the mannequin. She's like, oh, it might be at this um, shop that I like to go to, but it's it's not the mannequin. Also, Bess, like, completely smashes a porcelain dish and has to pay $5 for it randomly. Like, this this felt really strange. The, they just randomly were like, and then Bess, like, accidentally her sleeve brushed a porcelain dish and destroyed it. And Helen's like, no, it's fine. Because Bess was like, oh, shit, that's going to be a lot of money. And Helen was like, no, it's $5. <laughs> 
which in 1970s money does feel like it's more than, but it's fine. Um, the weird thing about this book is that they, they're like, oh, how are you going to pay for that? And I was like, on the one hand, yeah, like Nancy has no employment. I'm just like, there is nothing. There's nothing. She's always free as a bird to do whatever the fuck she wants. And I would be like, if she were working like part-time as a candy striper or whatever, like at least she'd be doing something anyway. So they've been going around to different places to see if they can locate the mannequin. And Nancy knows about a Turkish, I think it is Turkish, um, a Turkish restaurant that is in like a different part of town than what they normally go to. And you're like, of course it is, because of course it is. Um, and Bess is a little bit nervous to go there. And Nancy's like, it's fine. The food's delicious. It's good. Like, let's, let's just all go. And so Bess is like, okay, okay, I guess I'll go. Um, this is also the book where they eat baklava. So that's fun. Um, yeah. So they go to the restaurant and the guy who owns the restaurant, Nancy's like, hey, I'm looking for some people who look like this. And so she describes the two people that she's looking for. And the person next, like at the next table is like, why the fuck are you asking questions, you piece of shit? Like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face if you keep asking fucking questions. And Nancy's like, that's a bit aggressive. And the owner is like, I don't want any trouble. And so he like leaves and Nancy's like, oh, son of a bitch. But when their food comes out, um, the waiter drops a note in Nancy's lap that tells her, like, two people that could possibly be the guy that she's talking about and two people who could possibly be the girl that she was asking about. So Nancy's like, so that worked out pretty well. Also, why are you yelling at me, person at the next table? No, they kind of just let that play out. They're like, okay, if you're so mad about questions. Like, do you think that we're the Immigration and Naturalization Services? I mean, isn't that a secret agent? Absolutely. But it's okay. That's not what we're here for. We ain't here for to bust you for some pot. It's fine. So there's that. So um, I think that this is around the same time when they go to a different place to look for the mannequin and they stop at, oh, it's a place that Bess saw on the side of the road that has like a working mill. Like you get to eat at the riverside and the mill's out there and you eat in a little garden. And she's like, this looks awesome. Let's do this. And I was like, I do love Bess's enthusiasm for such things. Oh, I think that like at one point they're going to, they're like, we, Bess is like, we got to stop somewhere because I got to eat. And George is like at a diet restaurant. And I was like, first off, what the fuck is a diet restaurant? Second, George, shut the fuck up. But anyway, so at that place, I think that they just have like a standard, like, you know, sandwiches and shit like that. Anyway, they're sitting there eating when all of a sudden this little toddler like runs and is playing and like slips down into the bank and falls into the river toward the mill. And so Nancy immediately like shucks her shoes off and jumps in the water and grabs the kid. Um, George comes in after her to like help brace her because of course the river is taking them down towards the mill. And Nancy's like, yeah, that child could die in that mill. Like just drawn up in that wheel and just crushed, crushed to bits. We're getting weird in these books. Anyway, so, like, Bess manages to grab George, and so all three of them eventually get up on the bank, and so they're all wet as hell, and, um, but the child is okay, and the parents come out, and they're, like, sobbing, and they're like, oh my god, you saved Timmy! I don't remember what his fucking name is. Um, but anyway, so the person who owns the store is like, okay, like, let's, let's bring you inside and the restaurant, because I guess they have, they live over the restaurant. They're like, let's, let's get you inside and get your clothes dried off. I'm going to put them in my electric dryer. And I was like, oh, adorable. Anyway, so they dry their clothes and everything and, and get them okay again. And the parents are like, if we can ever do anything for you, please let us know. And Nancy's like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, and when they ask if they can pay, apparently the parents of the toddler 
who took him straight home after this, um, paid for their food, like as a thank you. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah, I would too. Um, that's cool. So the thing, why is this important? You're asking other than that we get to look at a kind of interesting sketch drawing of Nancy rescuing a toddler in a river. Um, the father calls Nancy at home like the next day and is like, hey, I just wanted to let you know if you ever want anything. I'm a travel agent. And Nancy's like, travel agent, you say? Um, I am interested in possibly Turkey. And they keep talking about Istanbul and Constantinople in this book. So if you know that song, now this can be stuck in your head. Um, so she's like, do you have anything about Turkey, maybe? And he's like, hell yeah, we've got a, a tour leaving in like five days. And Nancy's like, do you? tell me everything he's like i'd be happy to like help you figure out your plans for that because that'd be perfect um so he offers to send her a brochure and i was like again it's five days from now you y'all are playing fast and loose he was like do you have passports and Nancy's like hell yeah we have passports oh my god we are just swimming in passports in this place visas anything you want money yes so yeah um so, they're still trying to track down the people, and she's with Ned at this point, because, like, apparently life insurance is a thing that only happens between 10 and 2, and <laughs> at other times, Ned's like, yeah, let's go do some shit. There's one point in the book where, um, like, Nancy's looking at the rug, and he's like, you know, I get a kick out of finding clues to help you with your mysteries, and, yeah, of course he does, and there's another point where somebody says, like, like, basically comments on the fact that Nancy's life is never boring. And that's, like, that's one of the reasons why I like being with her. And I was like, yeah, I like that you've, yeah, yeah, basically, yes. So, they're going around trying to find the people who may be involved. So, first, they, the two, the two women who were put on the list as possible candidates. One of them opens the door, and she has, like, a little, little baby in her arms. And she's like, oh, hey, come in. Nancy's like, yeah, that's not her. Um, but... She looks at Ned, like, immediately. She's like, oh, my God, hey. The baby's father's away a lot. And he, this baby is in need of some fatherly love. So, would you mind holding this baby? Like, immediately. Immediately. And Ned's like, no, I would not. Nancy almost dies laughing because she's like, "This, look at this football star being offered a baby and just freaking out. And I was like, did they talk about having children? And we're like, we're not interested in that. I've got questions. Anyway, so, like, eventually the, she's like, please, please hold this baby. And that's like, oh, okay. He's clearly uncomfortable with it and, like, holding it out at arm's length and everything. And so she, he puts it down on his lap and the baby looks up at him. And she's like, the mom is like, oh, the baby likes you. And that's like, oh. and the woman's like, hold the baby closer. And I was like, is this a plot? Like, oh, my God. Is she going to take pictures and be like, he stole my baby. Anyway. So he, like, holds the baby, and she's like, yeah, just let, let the baby's head rest on your shoulder. It's fine. And I was like, she's got a fetish. <laughs> Nancy's dying because she's like, this is perfect. So she let, like, Ned holds the baby, like, as though he cares about the baby. And he's like, oh, this is actually nice. And <laughs> it's so hilarious. Anyway, she's not the one they're looking for, though. So there's that. Um, but after they walk out of their knees, he just dissolves into laughter and it's like, shh. Nancy's like, I wish I had taken a picture. And it's like, I would have ripped it up, bitch. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's cute, but it's also kind of weird. I'm like, you don't have to lean so hard on the stereotypes, hon. Anyway, um, the other interesting thing that happens around this time is that the guy, like Nancy, of course, is in the area of the shop and the guy calls her back and he's like, come look at this. But of course, he's like, he can't communicate that well with her. He can give her messages, but like he sometimes doesn't understand what she's saying back. So she goes into the shop and he has found a little like secret hiding place in the floor. And when he opens it up, there's a pair of Turkish slippers inside with the little like curled up ends on them. And he's like, these look like the kind that the mannequin would have worn. Yes, yes. And the guy's like, you keep them. And Nancy's like, okay, sure. She searches them. There's no clue of anything in them. They look like they have been worn, but not very much. Um, so they're like, maybe he would dress the mannequin and then like drag her to the window. So that's why they look like they've been worn a little bit. But the mannequin also apparently had different clothes on. Like, And I was like, again, he's got an entire wardrobe for this mannequin. So... It's like his own American Girl doll, just real big. So there's that. Because she's a life-size mannequin. Of course she is. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So the other thing is Nancy's like, okay, if we can't find them, like, if they're not the people that this person identified, then maybe, like, if we go by grocery stores or... Um, the kind of places where people would normally need to go daily, like maybe we might run into them or see somebody who knows them, like if we are in the same area. So they go to a, they go to these places, they don't have any luck. And the last place that Nancy's like is a sweet shop. So they go into that place and Nancy overhears from the next aisle, like two, like little 10 year old girls, like laughing and talking to each other. And one of them is like, um... They're saying the name of, like, one of their suspects. And he's like, he's in love. Tuna's in love. And they're like, who? So they go to talk to the girls. And, and the girls are like, yeah, he's um, staying at, like, a boarding house that our parents run or whatever. And they're like, oh, where do, where do you take us there? And they do. Um, apparently, the person, they call him Tuna Fish, which I was like, that's not great. But they were like, we like tuna fish, and his name is similar to that word, so that's what we call him. And Nancy was like, still shitty, but okay. So, Tanae, I guess, is... I, I can't really quite remember. It's It's been a hot minute. Um. Anyway, so, they go there, and they're like, where does he work? And so, the person give, eventually gives up the information about where he works. And they go there, and they talk to him, and he looks very similar to what Nancy remembers that guy looking like. He does admit that he did talk to the girl. Like, so it's that guy, but he's not the person who broke into Nancy's house because he's like the, he doesn't give proper answers to those questions. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Nancy tries to catch him off guard and she still can't get him to like, it's, he's completely ignorant of that. He is very guilty over the girl. And so Nancy's like, why are you harassing her? And he's like, I've, I've been in love with her for years and I've just, I'm just trying to get her to notice me. And Nancy's like, did you show her a fake note about that guy dying? And he's like, I didn't think it was going to hurt anybody. And he's like, what the fuck? You're a piece of shit. Why are you stalking her? Like, he was like, well, I thought that if she knew he was out of the way, that, like, maybe we could hook up. And Nancy's like, you're shitty. I mean, you're not shitty in a thievery way, but you're shitty in, like, just a human being way. So, yeah. So she talks to Ned, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not getting, like, burglar vibe from him, but I'm definitely getting, like, incel vibe from him. So, 
But Amina is the name of the girl. And so they go to her house, except for she doesn't, like, that's the thing. A lot of them are, like, living with relatives or in boarding houses or whatever, so they're harder to track down. And so they go, they find Amina, who's living with her aunt and uncle. And Nancy's like, oh, so we're here about Farouk. And she, of course, gets very sad and upset. And she's like, I'm sorry, come in. Nancy's like, yeah, I don't think he's dead. And she's like, really? And Nancy's like, yeah, I think that that guy was just fucking with you. (laughs) Also, Ned's with her, and as soon as Amina sees Ned, she's like, yes, please do come in. And I was like, yeah, Ned's going to open a lot of doors for you. This is why he's selling a lot of insurance. I'm just saying that. Like, he comes over, and Nancy's like, I hope he's in a good mood. I hope he sold that that big policy that he was hoping about. And he comes in, and he's like, guess what, bitch? Steak dinner tonight. Yeah. Like, he's making bank. Also, he's getting flirted with by board housewives. Like, all, it, the place is just swimming with them. Anyway. So they go in and talk to her. She dated Farouk when they were, they were both in River Heights at the same time. And she dated him. And um, she, like, was familiar with his shop. And she thought he was really cool. She was really sad that he had to leave. He apparently left via Canada. So he left River Heights, went through Canada to go back probably to Istanbul is where they're pretty sure he is now. They're pretty sure that he's back in Turkey. Um, but... Nancy was like, okay, so you two were like kind of pre-engaged. And she was like, yeah, like we, we were serious about each other. And I was really upset when he left. I haven't heard anything from him. I don't know what's going on. He apparently was so freaked out by the thought of an American prison that he just fled the country. And I was like, I can't fault him for that. And Nancy's like, well, his name has been cleared. Like he, he's not, he doesn't need to, to flee from anybody anymore. So it's okay. So, and she's like, okay. So they're talking and Nancy's like, I'm thinking about maybe going to Turkey um, to see if we can find him. I'm supposed to bring the mannequin. Like, oh, she doesn't say that. I'm sorry. She she doesn't talk about the mannequin. She just talks about Farouk. Um, so she's talking to her and she's like, yeah, we're thinking about going. And she's like, well, if you go, I'd be happy to go with you because I'd love to see him again and all this stuff. And then as they're leaving is when she's like, oh, yeah, you were looking for something. And Nancy's like, the mannequin. And all of a sudden, like, Amina looks really nervous and slams the door. And Ned's like, that's weird. <laughs> Nancy's like, yeah, she knows something. <laughs> so we're going to have to keep asking questions. Anyway, um... They do eventually. They talk to Carson, and Carson's like, how are you going to afford the turkey? And I was like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) What do you mean, how is she going to afford this trip to Turkey? Oh, my God. Anyway, but he agrees to go because he wants to see if they can find his client and refund the money that he didn't need to spend on his defense uh, against a false charge. And so Nancy's like, well, Bert and Dave can come. And Bess and George can come, Ned can come, and also Amina wants to come. So they're having a party of eight. So that's fun. Um, And when they call the travel agent, he's like, we just had two people cancel. So we've got exactly eight seats. So that works out well. And Nancy's like, we're not going to actually take the tour. We just want to take advantage of like the group um, airfare. And he's like, that's fine. So they've got all that settled. Ned also, of course, sold that massive policy. So he's like, I'm covered as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know what the fuck the other girls are doing or the other guys. They're just like vibes, really vibes. So, yeah, cool. Cool for them. Um, Let me think. I think, okay, the other thing that happens, because I think the rest of the book takes place in Turkey. Yeah, okay. Um, The other thing that happens before they leave is Nancy goes back to the shop and she's talking to the guy and she had talked to somebody else and they were like, because she went to talk to the neighbors to see if they had knew anything about the mannequin. And they were like, Oh, you've been talking to that old guy. And Nancy's like, 
Yeah. And they're like, yeah, he gossips like hell. So don't tell him anything that you don't want everybody to know. And Nancy's like, so he's probably, he probably knows some shit. When they go into the store at one point, like Bess is like, yeah, I feel like he knows some shit. Like if you can figure out out how to get it out of him. So Nancy goes to talk to him and she's, um, she says like somebody left this scimitar at my house and I feel like I'm being threatened. Do you know anything about that? And he's like, oh, let me show you something. And he reaches into his jacket and Nancy thinks he's about to attack her. And so she like grabs his arm before he can show whatever it is. And he falls down, and has a heart attack. And Nancy's like, oh my God. So like she's doing CPR. She's yelling at people to call the cops. She's freaking out. Um, the, um, the ambulance, she wasn't calling for cops. I'm sorry. She was calling for an ambulance. Uh, the ambulance comes, take him to the hospital. They said that he had like a heart event, but he's okay. He's okay. Um, and also it wasn't her fault. Like it's he, and when she goes to visit him in the hospital after he's stable, she's like, I'm really sorry. I just thought that you were reaching for something. He was like, yeah, I was reaching for a scimitar because I also had a, a very similar one to the one you were talking about. And Nancy was like, so, okay. Um, he said, but this wasn't your fault. Like this happens to me. And Nancy's like, okay, so what, can you give me any clues about what's going on here? So old dude who likes to be called haw haw, and I'm absolutely not going to do that. Um, old dude, old senile dude, um, is, has made friends with the guy who actually robbed Nancy's house. Um, because he has connections because again people don't really notice him and so he can make connections between people and get them like master keys to places etc because apparently the guy who actually broke into nancy's house is really good with master keys uh, with like procuring them in some way um and also like just some some black market shit um so yeah so he was like, yeah, and I was told to, like, keep an eye on you if you came into the shop. And Nancy's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, but I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be a good person. And Nancy's like, yeah, you're going to be a good person. Yeah. But the guy's name is, the guy's actually, um, the guy, Tuna Fish, which is not his name. The, the guy who uh, has a crush on Amina, the incel, his cousin is the one who's been breaking into places. So that's why they look really similar. So Nancy's like, that explains that. Okay, okay. But he also apparently, like, makes scimitars. I don't know. Like, again, it feels like a weird, like, LARPing shit where it's like, we just like to make random weapons for, I don't know, it's fine. So, they all decide that they're going to go to Turkey, like, the entire core group. They're all going. Um, The last thing, Nancy shows Amina the rug, which hilariously, like, after the first meeting where Nancy and Ned went over there, she talks to Amina again, and Amina's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to come see you. And she's like, where's your friend? And Nancy's like, he's at work right now. Can we talk about my mystery? (laughs) I was like, Ned brings all the ladies to the yard, all of them, and some gay men as well. Um, Anyway, so she spots a shoe shine rack, like a shoe shine stand thingy in the rug, like woven into the rug. And Nancy's like, that's what that is. And she's like, yeah, you don't really have them as much over here in America. Like this is a thing that he would be familiar with. And so Nancy's like, maybe this is kind of like a sign of where he's going to be is like near a shoe shine stand or something like that. But again, it's not so specific as to help them that much. So um, they go to Turkey. They are staying with friends of Amina's parents. So the girls have to stay at one house and the guys have to stay at the other house. I was like, because clearly Carson caught y'all banging. So this is like your time out. 
surely you won't get around this. Anyway, so they go around to different, they, they kind of do the touristy things, but they do them with Amina, so they're not part of the core group. Um, so they go shopping, they go to the bazaar, they go to the, the, like, Grand Cistern, which sounds very interesting. Um, yeah, so one of the days they go shopping, and they're looking around trying to, she's like, maybe he also owns a, a rug shop here. Like, also, they look at a bunch of mosques. There's a blue mosque that they go to. Um, they don't go inside. They just look from the outside, and they see the people inside, and they talk about, like, the observances. Nancy reads up on the Koran, and she's like, oh, it's being translated into language so that people can read it themselves now. So she's really interested in that. And again, I was expecting this book to be kind of shitty about, like, Muslim culture and everything. Like, the Muslim religion and everything. And it, for a tourist-level book, like, yeah, they're actually trying to be pretty respectful of things. And I was like, good for you. Good for you. I've got, I've got some big problems with something that's going to happen in a little bit, but that's okay. Um, so... Um, they're shopping and they're going through and trying to see if they can find anybody who might have known him, anything like that. When Bess goes into a perfume shop, I was like, that bitch is about some perfume because, oh my God, I don't remember if you remember the Moncure thing where, um, like Bess bought a bunch of like fake cosmetics off that bitch. She was like, oh, this perfume. Um, but anyway, if you want to lure Bess into anything, have some nice perfume happening and she is going to follow you anywhere. So she goes into that shop and they're like, try this. And they give her like 10 different samples. And Bess is like, these are all amazing. Oh my God. I'm going to get some of this one, but I'm going to come back and get some more. Um, but this little like 10 year old comes into the shop and he's like, Hey, your friends are waiting for you. And Bess is like, okay, I'll be right there. When she comes out of the shop, she's like, she feels a little bit weird about it. And she's like, no, nah, but he would, he would do this. He takes her to another shop and Bess is like, um, she says she doesn't, she doesn't feel right about it. And the guy's like, oh, they're at the back looking at some pictures and they said for you to come back there with them. And Bess is like, well, that's reasonable. And so she goes into the shop and of course he slams the gate immediately. So Bess is prisoner. Bess is a prisoner. Um, so Dave has to go back to the, I think he goes back to the house where the girls have been staying. I think that's where he goes. And, um, they make Bess call that place, the house where she's been staying, and talk to whoever's there, and say that Nancy Drew has to come to, like, the hotel overlooking the city at, like, four o'clock or something, and Dave is like, are you okay, though? And Bess is like, Bess just repeats the message, because that's what she's been told to do, and she was like, well, if they're having me reach out like this, and they're, like, probably not planning to kill me, so, like, I just have to, I just have to wait for the right moment to break out of here. So, Nancy's like, yeah, this feels like a trap. And everyone's like, yeah, this feels like a trap. So they, I don't think they actually, like, get any officers. There is one point where somebody, like, tries to attack Nancy on the street or is following her. And they do get some cops involved. But, again, they're tourists. And so everything's kind of weird. Anyway, um, so they go there. They have people in the crowd and everything. Because, of course, they've got, like, eight people in their party. And, well, seven now because Bess is kidnapped. And... They grab the guy who is the evil cousin of the incel. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Nancy's like, you've got Bess, you son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, they do get Bess. And 
she's okay. Like, she was only kidnapped for, like, a few hours, it feels like. Like, it, it definitely wasn't overnight or anything. Um, the other thing is that they go to the Grand Cistern, and somebody pushes Nancy. Oh, they arrest the entire fucking family. I forgot to tell you that. The incel's cousin, they arrest his entire fucking family. They're like, you son of a bitch. How dare you fuck with tourists? Um, when they go to the Grand Cistern, which I can't remember exactly if there was like a clue that led to it or whatever, but I mean, it's like, yes, they walled off the city, but they knew that if it didn't have enough water that they were fucked. So the cistern and Nancy's like, that makes sense. So they're standing there looking at it and some, the 10 year old runs up behind Nancy and shoves her into it. And she like bumps her head on the bottom because it's apparently pretty shallow. And they're like, you son of a bitch. So they grab the little guy and he's like, you had my entire family arrested. And Nancy's like, they're pieces of shit. Okay. Oh, my God. So, the cops come and take him off because you don't just push people into cisterns. That's the message of this book. Don't push people into cisterns. So, while they're there and Nancy's like, I'm okay. I'm just lightly concussed. And I was like, you've been, you have that, that concussion thing that football players have. Um, anyway, Farouk walks out. He it's they're near a shoe shine stand. There is this weird thing that happens when like they Nancy sees a shoe shine shine stand near there and she goes up to it and the person like freaks out and is like, No, no, no and except for in Greek. And um, I mean it's like, yeah, he's saying that he can't shine your shoes because you're a woman and Nancy's like, That's sure, okay, it's fine. Um I'll I'll shine my own shoes. <laughs> Anyway, Fruit walks out, and he sees Amina, and they're immediately, like, running to each other, and like, oh my god, I'm so happy you're here. So, Carson tells him that the charges have been dropped, so he's fine, and he's like, oh my god, that's that's such a relief. Um, He freaked out. He thought that, like, he was in massive trouble. He came back to Turkey, and he's been basically trying to, like, be on the down low. But also, um, evil, evil cousin of Incel has been, like, fucking with him, so he's happy that they've been arrested. Um... Also, of course, Nancy has a lawyer, so that's it's going to be pretty easy to deal with those charges. So, here's here's this thing. Nancy's like, oh, I think somebody comments other than Nancy. They're like, oh, we don't have the mannequin. And Nancy's like, uh. And so, Amina's like, yeah, Nancy figured it out. Amina was the mannequin. <sighs> Deep sigh. Um, so what happened is Farouk, when he owned a store, he would take a lot of payments in cash and he was ripped off a few times because, um, evil twin of evil cousin of incel found out that he would have like large quantities of cash in the store. And so he was ripped off. And so, um, his way to deal with that, Farouk's way to deal with that was to put the money in the clothes of the mannequin, but the mannequin was Amina, not the actual doll. And the weird thing is that, like, the old senile guy who was in the corner, like, rocking back and forth and talking to himself, like, whenever Nancy was first in there and asking about the mannequin, he was like, oh, Farouk loved that mannequin. And Nancy was like, okay. And then the next time, like, she talked to other, like, neighbors who would have seen him at the time, and they were like, yeah, he was very careful with that mannequin. The mannequin wasn't in the window every day. It would be wearing, it would come in wearing different clothes. Um, I saw him kissing on the te- on the cheek once, like he really loved it. And they were like, but we didn't question it because he, w- he seemed like a nice guy who just kept to himself. You know, we're fine with him having a romance with his mannequin. That's fine. Everyone has weird things, but it was Amina. Amina would come sit in a shop window and like, that's like what they would do. Like she was never there overnight. She, he always took her out of the window. Of course it was. So Nancy's trying to track down a thing that doesn't exist, but 
she remembered that. I mean, I had winked at her. And so, yeah. After they have been reunited, when they have their grand dinner, um, they come in and Amina is dressed as the mannequin again. She's dressed with the veil and the outfit. She's wearing, like, really nice clothes, and so is Farouk. They're, and they even are referred to as, like, the groom and bride-to-be. Like, they're very much like, oh, we're going to get married now. Um, yeah, and so the end of the book is, like, Farouk being so happy that they brought his mannequin to him. I have problems. Um, yeah, it's real, real fucked up. Like, and at the beginning when you're like, oh yeah, it's just like a life-size mannequin and it's fine. And maybe he hid something in it. Like he had some money or he had some treasure or a note or something, something that was significant to him because they were like, why the fuck does he want this mannequin so bad? Everyone was like, maybe he like, if he wanted it, he, and Nancy's like, well, if he wants it so bad, we can, he can tell us where it is and we can ship it back before she figured out what the problem was. Um, but it's Amina and she was, she is a living doll. Like, oh my God, she's a human being. And he was like having her. And again, sure. If you're into that, if you want to like pretend to be a doll in somebody's window and occasionally wink at 12 year olds to just fuck with them. Sure. But he refers to her as the mannequin in the rug, like in the message that he has woven into the rug. He's like, find the mannequin, bring her to me. I love her. But why not just say Amina? Like, well, and you're like, of course they can't just say Amina because then that would just give away the entire mystery. And I'm like, uh, it kind of would. But also like repeatedly referring to her as this way and then having them appear together with her back in the costume that she would have worn as the mannequin. Like there's so much psychologically weird with this where it's like, yes, she is a doll who has fallen in love with me, and it's fine. Like, she clearly does reciprocate his feelings, okay? She is very upset when she thinks that he's dead. She has no no interest in that incel. But, like, oh my god. Like, and that goes back to the problem that I thought I was going to have with the book. And then for the most of the book, I was like, okay, okay, we're not running into all these pitfalls that I see right in front of us. There's some passages in the book where Nancy's like, looking at the history of Turkey and that and the region and she's seeing like all this massive wealth and like diamonds and and gold and rubies and just massive displays of like all these things and she's looking at it and like imagining what it would be like to live in that palace and like palaces with all these rooms and all of this staff and all these things and she's thinking about it which again is othering the culture like she's looking at it and going oh like their lives are so different from mine and it would be very different for me to live this way and it's just a fantasy it's not anything real so and again in that part I was like but at least they're kind of talking about like the Quran and they're talking about like oh you know they pray five times a day like they're talking about it in a not as I would say they're not, the tone is definitely not disrespectful. The tone is very much like, oh, this is, this is a different, this is different from the way that we do things. And it's interesting to learn about that. Not dismissive, not like, oh, they're superstitious or stupid. But the thing that happens at the end of it, where like she is the girlfriend, the bride to be is literally objectified so hard is, 
a symbol that I wouldn't have picked up on when I was eight at all. I would have been like, oh, that's really cool. And now I'm like, oh, shit. She's a she's an actual literal doll. And he still was referring to her that way. Even, oh, God. <sighs> yeah. I feel nervous for her. I really want her to, like, take some time and get to know that it's been six years. Maybe he's changed. He has not talked to you in six years. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, we're reunited. Again, if it were Nancy Nutt, I wouldn't question it because I love them. But they're different because she is a supernatural creature. And that is her familiar. And it's fine. Um, Yeah. I don't know, guys. I just don't know. I, whoo. If you take away that symbolism, if you take away that whole like, oh, he's he's marrying a mannequin. Um, yeah, yeah. Other than that, like anvil of a symbol. Yeah, it's it's fine. Next time we're going to be looking at the Crooked Bannister, which has an iconic Nancy Drew cover of her being pursued by a robot, which, yeah, um, again, it is like different from most of the other covers we are entering a cover phase where it's going to be a lot of like nancy being menaced or pursued or something like a small image of her with a large background ish image of the thing that's after her so i'm excited for that so crooked banister looking real real trippy with a robot also a lot of hot pink so much hot pink I don't, I don't even fucking, I do remember this book being really trippy as hell. That is what I do remember. And this is going to be in 1971. So maybe some acid gets involved. We're going to have to look real hard for that. So as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.